Hey, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll talk to Michael Wilbon about his love of every marketing department. We'll also chat with Pat Forty about what to do about fans storming the court. It's pretty, you gotta stop this. But first, how about some commerce? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. He gets to Fort Lauderdale... They're getting into the season. They're in League's Cup. You and I did. We had a conversation That's during right. that time in July of right. last year, right. and he wants a haircut. He goes to the best barber shop that he heard, asking people at the gas station and whatnot. He walks in with his two sons, and he sat down and waited in line. He waited in line to get his haircut. I don't <laughs> I mean, even it, do that. He, <laughs> what? Tony, I don't even do that either, buddy. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. We have a guest today sitting in the studio who does not want to be on the mic, but that's okay. George, who's uh, the golf, are you the head golf pro now? The head golf pro at Rehoboth Beach Country Club, who didn't even know that yesterday I snuck out at eight in the morning in a cart and played the front with two and three different balls. If I had a bad shot, I threw another one down. That happens a lot, me hitting a bad shot and played in an hour 15. It's a joy, total That's, joy for me. Yes. Total joy for me. All right, so uh, we have some business to take care of. George did ask me the other day, this was like, we're, we're doing the show on Tuesday, and George asked me, I think on Sunday, well, do you know what you're going to say yet? And I go, no. <laughs> and he says, well, when are you going to figure that out? And I said, I don't know, about five minutes before I sit down. <laughs> he goes, no, you have to know what you're going to say. I said, no, no I don't know. really. But I have a lot of small things to talk about. One is you have probably noticed the last couple of weeks that we've begun the week on a Tuesday and not on a Monday. We have scheduling issues for a couple of weeks, and that's going to happen. So we'll do Tuesday, and we've done Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's what we'll do for a couple of weeks. We'll go back to the regular schedule in March at some point. But I felt we could do this because it's not NFL Sunday. I don't know what, oh, yeah. There's, no, there's nothing compelling anymore on Monday. Please don't tell me. It was that the Clippers almost beat Phoenix, because you know, Wilbon cares about that. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. So I felt we could get away with this for a couple of weeks, and I, I just wanted to say that in case anybody wondered exactly what was going on. That is exactly what is going on. So that's it. And, and it's temporary. Temporary, much like they said about Clay Thompson being on the bench. It's temporary, but he hasn't gotten off the bench yet at the beginning right. of the game. The, it's weird. A weird thing happened. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this. When you watch Sports Center, you watch the crawl underneath Sports Center, mm-hmm. and forever and ever and ever, they would say NBA, MLB, NFL, um, you know, NCAA, M. And they would have the lead, L-E-A-D, the lead. And those would be the top stories. And this has only been going on for, I don't know, 45 years. Something like 45 years. The other day I noticed they had changed that to top news. They had taken the lead out, and now it says top news. I'm the only one who would notice that because the lead is a newspaper term. Sure. What's the lead story today? Don't worry about it. Give me 15 minutes, I'll give you a lead. You know, that's what it was. In fact, we used to spell it L-E-D-E. But L-E-A-D is fine, because if you spelled it L-E-D-E, nobody would really know what it was. Right. But now it's top news, and nobody will tell me why. I sent, I sent Norby all sorts of texts. I go, when did this happen? <laughs> does it just when a- did this happen? Yeah. And, and nobody answers me. Hmm. It's, it's the, the- appification. 
It's the death of newspapers. Why is top news? Is, is I just think that's like mean? a term that we're used to seeing when you pull up any news or sports app, like on, on the ESPN app, it's yeah. top events. Yeah, really? you look at your yeah. newspaper, any of the cable news channels, it's always going to be top news that's in its own separate category that's getting live updates throughout the day. So I, don't, I don't watch any of that. I don't call anything up on a phone. I can't use my phone, which is why I can't function in the country anymore. <laughs> you don't even get Peacock Plus on your phone? <clears throat> don't get anything on my phone. I get 10,000 emails a day, all of which appear to be political. I, I don't really understand Are you getting it. the personal, the personal uh, text message about, like, President Biden needs you right now? Or... Yeah, I get all of that. Yeah, I get all of that. And I get, you know, Trump delivered the knockout blow, you know, and I, I get all of that. And I just get rid of all of that. Right. But I don't, I'm not, maybe I'm not this is why your phone is going into landscape mode. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. It's going sideways now. I hate this. Yeah, you're not a fan I want to throw it through the, through the window. I yeah. cannot stand this. Yeah. Is there not a button on the phone can stop it from going sideways? I'm not sure. Michael, do you know of anything that could uh, prevent yes. that? Yes, Liz actually tried to pro- keep your phone by, you know, away from that, but you must have turned it off the same way. Sometimes you tag people in your contacts where their text messages get pinned to the top of your. What does that mean, screen. tag? What does that mean? Is that you, a term? you just you basically tag on their name or you click on their name and all of a sudden their names are their their texts are promoted to the top of your uh, your top of your alerts. Here's what I have done. All the notes I have taken in the last few days, because I knew George was going to be here. I tried to work in a sentence where I could say, and then I flushed the mouse. <laughs> and I can't, I haven't, I don't have it yet. I don't have it. And then I flushed oh, the mouse. Oh, you haven't flushed the mouse yet. <clears throat> you know? I guess not. Yeah. So, so I'm watching television the other day. I'm watching because Wilbon is on countdown. So this is, I don't know, Sunday, maybe <clears throat> Saturday, Sunday. It's one of those days. Yeah. Maybe it's even Friday. I think it might have been Friday. Was it Friday? I think it might have been Friday because I wanted to watch because I knew that Wilbon and Stephen A. were going to be on. And so they were on with Bob Myers. So I think it's good. I actually think Bob Myers is very good, the former general manager of the Warriors. The Warriors yeah. Because he looks at them and he goes, you are you guys kidding? <laughs> like, do you know anything about anything? And I really like that. I, 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 think that, I think that that's what those shows should be. I don't think people should be totally respectful of their colleagues on those shows when they say something stupid they should look at them like really are you getting paid for this and that's what bob myers does so i'm watching and Stephen a goes off on some sort of tangent about wilbon now i'm sitting in my house watching television three thousand miles away from los angeles california where this is taking place and Stephen then says, and as Tony Kornheiser once said to you, looking at Wilbon, and I, I'm, I, I don't, my mouth is open. Like, I, I, you know, I know you're going to say, well, you're on television all the time. No, it's not the same. It's not the same as you sitting in your house and someone talking about you and what you have said. And I begin to laugh. I think it is the most joyous, most wonderful thing. I immediately texted Wilbon. You know, I said, tell Stephen, thank you. That was so, he says, yeah, we all got a big laugh out of it. It was it never, that had never happened before. That is great. That's it's like a, a version of the Aldridge moment. Yes, it is. You it's know? sort of like that. Hearing yourself being spoken about on quoted television. Quoted and, and apparently quoted accurately because Wilbon said, yeah, he said that. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember yesterday, so I certainly don't remember saying it. I had one other small story to tell you. And this is also courtesy of Wilbon. So Wilbon had told me at some point last week that it was Julius Irving's birthday. And Julius, I think, is 74 on his birthday. And I know Julius our whole lives, basically. I mean, we went to high school together on Long Island. He went to Roosevelt. I went to ULIT. I remember him as a high school player. He was an all-county player. I remember when he went to the University of Massachusetts, you know, and that was the best scholarship he could get. And I remembered within three years of that, him being the best basketball player on the planet, (laughs) Julius Irving. And I remember when when the merger happened between the ABA and the NBA, um, the NBA basically would sit there and say, well, we got this and we got that. We got the Celtics. We got the Lakers. We got the television contract. Why should we merge with you? And the ABA would say, we got the doc. <laughs> you know, and the merge would start because he was, he's the yeah. doctor, yeah. Julius Irving. So when, you know, I covered Julius a bunch, um, you know, on the Nets and on the Sixers and stuff like that. And Julius loved to use long words. 
Julius Love, for example, you'd ask him a question and he'd sit there and he'd go, well, indubitably. You know, and you go, oh, this is so great. This is Long Island's <laughs> own Julius Irving saying indubitably. It's just wonderful. <laughs> and I also remembered that he, okay, so I, I have to set the scene. I wake up in the middle of the night, as old men do all the time to go to the bathroom. You wake up a variety of times. And Julius is on my mind. I am, I am seeing Julius in my mind's eye, and I am struggling. I knew he said indubitably, but there was another word he said all the time. And it was a better word than indubitably, and I, I couldn't come up with it. I, I, went, I couldn't get back to sleep, and I couldn't come up with it. I knew it was sort of the confluence of coincidence that resulted in a good thing, but it wasn't coincidentally, it wasn't confluently, there is no such word as confluently, and I couldn't remember it. And I went out that day, and I played the back nine on a push cart at Rehoboth, the back nine, which was, you know, this was Saturday, mm -hmm. and it was wet, you know, but I'm playing the back, and I'm on... 13. I'm about to take a tee shot on 13. It's very hard par three, but I'm playing from the green tees. I'm way up, so I'm really not worried. You know, I got a five rescue in my hand. I know I'm going to clear the water. I'm not going to clear the water. I might clear the trap. I might go to the next hole. And I go, serendipitously. This is serendipitously. And I got nobody to say this to. I call Wilbon. You know? You no answer, right. you know, and I, I don't even bother to take it serendipitously. And I remember how Julius would stand there and you'd ask him a question and say, well, serendipitously speaking. And it just made me so happy that, that I didn't blank on it forever. Yeah. I blanked on it for a while. The mind. I'm entitled to do that at my age. But underneath it all, the mind was working the whole time. Serendipitously. Say, we've got to get this done. On the T at 13. <laughs> <is> ridiculous. <laughs> Let me just do one other thing. And if anybody watched the match last night, I watched about five holes of it. I like watching golf at night. I didn't particularly like it. It was Rory. It was Max Homa. It was Rose Zhang who won her title, you know, at Columbia, as everybody knows, because I've said it a thousand times, and Lexi Thompson. And I thought, Michael, that it missed entertainers. I mean, I loved it when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning played, because you don't expect much of them. And when Brady holed out from like 100 yards and right. said, eat it, Chuck, <laughs> that was like the greatest moment ever. I liked it then. I think they need entertainers. And you know what, they else, what else they need? They need Phil Mickelson. What are your thoughts, Michael? Um, my, my thoughts are you're sitting there going, wow, you got primetime golf after the football season has ended in southern Florida. And it's not Tiger and Rory's uh, The Golf League. And you looked at these personalities. They didn't really give Rose a chance to talk other they than didn't. a few under the breath, you know, quips and she's just a different generation so it's basically speaking in hashtags and just social media chatter. And she's uh, probably nervous cuz Rory yeah. McIlroy's the best player in the world or one of them. Yeah. And and Barkley doesn't necessarily know his place cuz he's such a professional in yeah. those panels, but he doesn't know am I supposed to be the golf guy? Am I supposed to just right. be funny Chuck? And he has this great line about Shaq being a hippopotamus. Uh, <laughs> and <clears throat> you think about the golf and and Rory and Homa are they just don't, none of these players miss shots, but you miss seeing sort of, uh, you miss seeing much of their personality. Homa tried to do that in the last couple holes. He's making jokes about his mom. Yeah, I uh, bailed out after three six. putting. He's, you know, he's hitting out of bushes. He's hitting lefty. Rory, once again, did not seem to want to be there. And there's <laughs> something so beautiful about night golf that just gets lost when you, all you have to do is these close up shots on the greens where it looks like they're, you know, the, the harsh. Uh, you know, floodlights of something that's a camera that's overexposed, and you're you're missing the contours, you're missing the depth of a golf course. And this course looked great in the long shots off the tees. I will say the the actual golf production, they figured out how to have uh, men and women play from different tees on the par yes, fives and the par fours to to make it an interesting match. And then if you're looking at the actual ball speed numbers, you want to look at Rory and go, you just hit 186. You need to bring that to the Masters. Um, but overall, this was something that they, they wanted you to, to know from the start. This is for charity. Chuck did a, a great mention of these players were donating their time. Uh, a lot of money was going to uh, the first tee when Rory gave that money. And well, it also the helps golf, their careers. The three of them, yeah, not Rory. It helps the uh, Yeah, I would say it definitely helped the women because not a lot of, of non-golfers with them. no rules. Yeah. Big honor for, you know, for the those fact that she was to going be selected. Back to, going back to Stanford today and taking classes this morning. 
Um, but you know, I agree with you in terms of an entertainment value. It Phil. didn't have that. There were too many. There are too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many people on the production. And you sit there with all the drone shots, with all the cameras, with all the the the, the pre production. You don't. I, I can't see how this actually makes them any money. Uh, I don't know if it does. I, I don't. I mean, I think we miss Phil tubed his own career but it's just beyond comprehension because he was the best at this stuff yeah he really like was. he was too chatty but he was wonderfully too chatty the others don't really want to do it and yeah, they're out there but they don't it's anyway. yeah i actually All think right. they had the, the perfect sauce is when they had the quarterbacks because you saw yes. people who are incredibly gifted at something who have transferable skills and just like being in, just like being out there yeah. yeah and also you learned you can't putt with a four iron as Lexi showed on, the, on that particular hole, when the one-club challenge. I don't know. Right. Anyway, anyway, we'll take a break. We'll bond. When yes. we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is our friend Brian Kenneth Swain. Here's a couple of songs for us today. This is called Always. Wow. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a Cat Stevens sound to it. It does a little bit, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brian Kenneth Swain, Always. You can listen at the end of the show. In fact, you should stop listening now. Just go to the end of the show. <laughs> Brian Kenneth Swain always plays in Michael Wilbon. Let's start with something nobody's expecting except for Wilbon. High school basketball. You went to Gonzaga, Paul VI, yesterday. Yeah. This is in the Catholic League in Washington, D.C., which a lot of people think is the best basketball league in, in hello, the United States of yeah. America. How yeah. was it? How was it? Great. The gym was packed. There were probably, I don't know, a thousand people standing Standing at American University's gym, Vendor Arena. I hadn't been there in 20 years, at yeah. least. And um, it was terrific, Tony. Just, uh, I, you know, it's the kind of thing I go to once in a while, and I, I do it with Gonzaga, but I'm so wrapped up in my own basketball schedule, I don't get to see enough of this. And, you know, I, I, I know these kids now because they're sophomores and juniors on the Gonzaga team, only a couple of seniors. They're going to Power Five schools already. Their scholarship offers it Power Five, and some of the Paul the Six kids, and Paul the Six the people who don't know is in Loudoun County, used to be in Fairfax. Those kids are tremendous. I mean, every day Matthew. I heard there. Are, I heard there are five. The top five guys. Two of them are going to Duke. They are yeah. they yeah. are going to high D one schools, high D one schools. The yeah. best player on their team, I think, the best player is going to UConn. We said there's a kid last night, Tony. He's six three, and you can see on the court he's not that huge. But he's six three, but he's he's he's, he's ripped. He's just built. The kid at one point early in the game just sort of grabs an offensive rebound under the rim. And again, he's 6'2 and a half, 6'3". Off two feet, he goes up, and he looks in the rim and flushes it. And I say to Matthew, oh, my God, who is this kid? Right. And his name is Jordan Smith, maybe. I go and I meet his parents after the game. I, I, I met the kid. I'm like, you know, he's a sophomore. He just turned 16. He's from Ball to Six. Ball to Six won the game, a uh, close game. 
Um, it was essentially a one-possession game late, and then, you know, it might have moved out to a six- or seven-point margin, but essentially a, a two-possession game. So, But the atmosphere, Tony, was incredible. Uh, college recruiters from all over the place. Uh, Matthews got, I mean, their kids on Gonzaga's team, they're also scholarship offers to everywhere. Now, I was told last night that all 12, or is it 14, of the Paul the Sixth kids have scholarship offers already. That's like what they t- talked about with the math of 30, 40 years ago, that every single kid that Morgan Wooten put on the team would get a ride somewhere in college. Including the managers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so Gonzaga, and, Gonzaga and Paul the Sixth have programs like that. And Steve the, Turner are, is a Gonzaga coach, terrific coach. Um, you know, it's a dead-even game. And Paul the Sixth, again... I go, where's that kid going? UConn. Where's that kid going? Duke. And it, I mean, it's a high school game there. So there's a guy, Tony, I'm sitting in front of. First of all, I walk in the gym. And my seat, Cheryl's holding a seat for me because Matthew and I leave the, the studio. And the place is packed like 45 minutes early. And Cheryl's holding a seat for me. And the seat she's holding is knees to back connected with David Dupree. Oh, wow. Dupree. I walk in and I see Pree. Dr. Dupree. This is insane. Why are you here? Yeah. And he goes, you know, I like going to see high school games. I like seeing games like this. So, the, did so I you... I sit with David Dupree like the old days. How so this is, is that? That's wonderful. I hope you said hello for me, but you probably forgot. But okay, No, good. I did. So here, what's interesting to me, I started out covering high schools. My first job at Newsday... I covered Nassau County high schools, basketball and football. We didn't do baseball, you know, rarely did baseball, right. but we did basketball and football. And I covered guys who went on to have wonderful college careers at St. John's. Frankie Alasia started for four years. Beaver Smith started for four years at St. John's. I had occasion to go out to Suffolk County once or twice and watch somebody who you might know, Mitch Kupchak. And yeah. he was a high school player. I loved covering high school sports, but you never did that, right? You never had to I cover high school. I did very I was yeah. supposed to, and then, you know, we were always short people, Tony. We were always short staff, and I wound up going straight to colleges pretty quickly. But let me just tell you this part. So Dupree's in front of me. Um, behind me, sitting next to Cheryl and Stephanie, are two guys who say, all right, Mike, you got to sit with a couple of Long Island guys, Tony's people. And these guys... First, they, they told me the high school they went to. They went to Catholic high school. I don't know if it's Jesuit high school. On Long Island, identified themselves. Just tremendous basketball knowledge. Well, and you know who went to those schools? Rick Pitino and, and yes, um, yes, yes. Billy they Donovan. They went to Rick Pitino's high school. St. Dominic's. Rick they, Pitino they, went they to St. Dominic's. Rick Pitino's high school. And, Tony, they play in senior leagues now in their 70s. Oh, boy. Here. That's, a, that's an ACL waiting to happen. <laughs> they, 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 they live in Burke, yeah. Virginia, and they've got stuff on. And I didn't, they're, they're Paul the Six people. They, There's they, nothing. I'm telling you, high school basketball, it's, it's, it's better than anything. It really is. It's great high school basketball. Well, it's look, just, I, you know, I grew up someplace with high school basketball. I, I think I told you that one day when I'm a freshman at Northwestern, my brother, who's then a sophomore at St. Ignatius, calls me and says, you know, you, you ought to come back home tonight. Because I got a game, St. Ignatius, my alma mater, and his. We're playing this kid, uh, Zeke, Zeke Thomas. He's like supposed to be a oh. big deal. You should come to the game. Oh, boy. So I take the train down to the game, and I watch Isaiah Lord Thomas go for, yeah. I think, 34 against my brother. And then he That's came good, out. Good that, that your brother could hold game. him to 34, yeah. you know, in half yeah. the game. That's and then he, then, he, then, he, then he goes back into the varsity game and has 32. And so, Tony, not only... You talk about these high school games. So my brother, one day we're somewhere, and Isaiah's there. And Isaiah says to him, you remember when we played you guys when we were like 13 years old? And I'm like, what? What are you saying? Isaiah's like, no, no, no. It was a big deal. We played you guys. I played against your brother. I'm like, this is insane. So yeah, these high school games, depending on where you live and how they're, they're the greatest memories of your life in a lot of cases. I was cheering hard. I was wearing Gonzaga. Gonzaga purple, God is purple, was wearing Gonzaga purple last night, and um, 
You know, they lost, and they're, 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 again, the Paul the Sixth team, I think they go on now to play either Sidwell or Murray, whichever one of those teams won. Sidwell Is this for the city Murray. championship, the full city championship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would but favor Tony, Paul the Sixth, because uh, my kids that? went to Murray. I would favor yeah, right. Paul the Sixth. Yeah, Tony, when you have, again, on the floor, on the floor at the start of the game, yeah, Dad, that kid's going to UConn. That kid's going to Duke. That kid's going to Duke. Oh, the point guard, where's he going? He's going to Rhode Island. That's the yeah. that, that's the Paul the Sixth started. That's four of the five. And by the way, the fifth kid could no. The fifth kid can't go anywhere because he's a sophomore. And he's the kid that go up in two hand flushes with a forty inch vertical leap. And I said, Who's that kid? And he said, That's Jordan Smith. I go appropriately named. Wearing twenty three. No, that's nice. I, I went and introduced myself to his parents after the game. I, I, I got to meet you. I got to see the parents of this kid. And so, you know, we're sitting there, Tony, and people are saying, yeah, he's got the biggest upside of any kid in the area. Wow. And you go to these games now, and this is what this league is uh, with DeMatha. And I think, you know, Gonzaga had to beat DeMatha just to get in that game. So it's, that's, it's really, I haven't, you know, I'm not able to game. see as much of it as I'd like because I'm on the road so much. But when you go, the gyms are packed, and they're, there's like double-digit college recruiters. Sure. Power fives. Well, and it's like, man, really? That's Quite nice to know. Yeah, I'm good for yeah. you. Good for you. Yeah. Quite a nice. Um, did you get it right or get it wrong on the women's soccer? Did, who, did you, who did you pick yesterday? I didn't. I said Mexico has incentive... Right, um, and we don't. So I kind of left it with me leaning toward Mexico. Who won again? Oh, then you're still on a heater because they won two nothing. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Mexico I don't know had incentive, and we we did not. Yeah, the game was, was in, in Carson in that LA Galaxy stadium. There, there are and these incredible numbers of the last time the United States lost in one of these things in the United States. It's like 20 yeah. years or something like that. I don't know how many games they play though. You know, I don't, I don't have any sense of what it's like but it's a it was the lead on espn today which means i guess wow. we'll have to talk about it wow. and, and i'm going to recuse wow. myself because i don't know anything well, Although, I mean, be, between it, now it, and then i'll learn listen i <laughs> didn't learn. i didn't watch a second of that because i was as, no. as we we're talking I was, I was at my own game and tonight i'm not going to watch anything either because i'm going to go and see um northwestern right? say warriors oh no, that's no, right no, you're going to see them hey, warriors you know, the, are here against the wizards yeah, I would bet on the Warriors. I'd yeah, take, I, I would too. I'd bet on the Warriors. And the Wizards night not even trying to win. You know what, Maryland, Mike? Tomorrow. The Wizards are not even trying to win, and the owners should reduce the ticket prices because they're not yeah, well, trying to that's win. That's not going to happen. I know, but so, they should. I, you know, and as long as and you stop wearing the thing that says the District of Columbia, stop wearing that. You want to move? I'm telling you, Mike. Oh, I would yeah, padlock yeah. the doors, and that's I would just, say, go to George Mason now. Go, listen, leave. As it's I told okay. you, the day this happened, the announcement was made. You, you think it's not going to work? No, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't think it's not going to work. I said sure. to you, it's not going to work. Okay. People we'll at see. the top of the political pyramid in Virginia have said to my face, this has less than 50-50 chance of happening. Okay? I told you that the next I told you that three days later. There's no reason to think this is going to happen. You see the opposition in Virginia, and you see, I mean, you see how people have pushed back in the district. And it seems to me that Ted is in a tough place right now. Well, he's certainly um, not getting any points for being a good guy. Well, his, I, you know, no, I, you know I, I don't know how. I'm not going to judge him on a standard that I wouldn't judge other owners on. I'm not going to do that. I would judge them all on the same standard. If you're walking out on the city that you're in, well, that's, I, yeah, yeah, that's different. It, and that, you know, I look. I objected to that. I didn't object as much as you did. My God, people would come up to me even from Monument Sports and say, "You killed us. And you didn't kill us like Tony did." Yeah, and I villainy. said, "Well, Tony lives in the district. This, you know, that's right. This resonates." Um, but I'm going to go see, I, I, look, I'm going to schmooze with warrior people. As you say, and you're right, this network covers the Warriors 
and Lakers every day, and we do much. Too much. No, no, we don't. We don't. We we Tony, listen. We cover the Cowboys too much. We cover the Lakers too much because they're not they're not relevant. Like how many how many people in the Cowboys currently have as many championships as LeBron James and Steph Curry? Let me know how many. Zero would be the correct answer. That's right. So zero. So they and they are still. The owner the doesn't. The, the owner has three, and they have four, and the owner has three. So nobody on the Cowboys. Zero. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. I hope your cough gets better. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, will take a break. Pat Forty and court storming when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Brian Kenneth Swain. This is a song called Gravity. Hmm. Wow, this has the beginning of Going Back by the Birds. <laughs> I was just thinking. This is very, the beginning of Going Back by the it's Birds. Very birds esque, yes. Where's this guy from? I'm not. Does it say on the He's email? Very good. Yeah, it is very. We played him. We played him a bunch of times on I'm the show. I'm glad. Yeah, Michael. If people like Brian Kenneth Swain want to send in their original music for us to play, how do they do that? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And did and you try it? Did you try it? Your new jacket? I haven't tried that out yet. I haven't tried my new jacket. It's a dog I was walking waiting. Jacket. I was waiting for this evening to try that out. Okay, well, Tony's now um, rocking and that's Johnny the, uh, O. And the Brody what, what is the Media code? Performance jacket and TKT. T-E-E is your code for uh, the rest of the month. Because I'm breaking tees left and right. <laughs> I'm such a terrible golfer. Thank you. Pat Forty joins us. Now, we lean on Pat Forty all the time. And we lean on Pat Forty because he knows more about college sports than anyone. And college sports are in the news all the time and not necessarily how they want to be in the news. And now they're in the news for court storming. And, and I was saying this to Wilbon the other day on, on the air that when I was covering colleges and I went to a lot of games, I don't remember this because I always saw security. In those days, when you worked for a newspaper, you were considered important to the entire effort. So you had a seat pretty low down in the, in the lower area, very close to the court. And with about two or three minutes to go in most games, if you looked up, you saw the back of a security guard. And there were 30, 40 people around the court when did I'm sure I'm missing something, but what are your thoughts on court storming and what's happened lately, particularly to Caitlin Clark and Kyle Filipowski? Yeah, I think it has become uh, a pretty present danger for the athletes, and they need to be get more serious about restricting where the fans can go. Um, you, you know, your point's valid to me. I shoot, I've been covering games since, you know, the late 1980s, and I don't remember a lot of court storms. I don't. Now, I don't. You know, and certainly not successful ones, but I've been in a few, and they're scary to me because the, the students really don't care what's in their way. Right. Human-wise, equipment, whatever. They're coming, and the, we saw that, I think, both with Caitlin Clark's situation and with uh, – Filipowski's the the people that ran into them really didn't seem to care uh, about anything around them. They were just running out there heedless in of what whatever was was in their in their path. Um, so you know, I, I I have no sympathy at all for the people or no no interest in listening to people say, well, if 
if Caitlin Clark had watched where she was going oh, or please. Kyle Filipowski oh, had, had moved faster to get out of the way, I mean, come on. It's not their job. It's If you get in an accident with a 14-year-old driver, he's at fault because he's not supposed to be driving. The people aren't supposed to be on the court. So I, I, I have no sympathy, really, for people who... Uh, are trying to t- somehow turn this around into the athletes need to be more responsible for their own safety. I don't remember spe- – well, I don't remember anything, so I'm, I'm not a good judge on this. I don't remember specifically being in a court-storming situation, but I do remember being warned every once in a while, you're going to have to get under the table. Be prepared. You may have to get under the table. You know what I mean, Pat. You may have yeah. to get under the table. And yep, that's when, yep. I was a, when I was a sports writer. For reasons that are unclear to me – I have greater sort of memories of this happening in football than in basketball, and I wonder if you do as well. It seems like it, you know. I, I mean, again, the number of court storms uh, that I recall in basketball were pretty infrequent. Um, and I, I think there's more of them now. Look, fans, they want to do it because it's fun, but also this is in the world we live in, they want video. So they're all running out there with their phones. I got a post. Here I am on the court. Here is how wild it is. Blah, blah, blah. Isn't this fun? Uh, football, yeah, I think there definitely were more. Uh, but even then, I, you know, I, I think they've become more frequent just because people want to self-publicize the experience of it. Uh, you know, football football's scarier than basketball. I've been in both. And I saw some people, I was at an Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Wisconsin won. This was maybe 12 years ago. And there were Wisconsin fans being trapped against the railing by, by fellow students who were pushing forward, and I was afraid they were going to get crushed to death. I really thought the looks on their faces were sheer terror at that point. And it's just the impossibility of controlling a mob of people uh, can lead to bad consequences. So Wilbon was telling me yesterday that he had some texts from a friend of his who was in the security business. And he said, you can't stop this. Like, you can, you can talk about outlawing it all you want. You cannot stop it. The only thing you can do is put security around the visiting team and try and get them off the field or off the court. Is that your thought as well? Well, I mean, I've heard similar things, definitely. Um, and I think... That's one of the ways I think a lot of the conferences have looked at it is, well, we have, at bare minimum, we just got to get the visitors off um, and get them off safely, you know. And then so that's, I've seen that quite a bit where security is present um, and they'll put up ropes or whatever uh, around the visitors. And, you know, there's gradients of this where if, if the number one team comes in and you're winning by – 10 points with a minute left, you can start, you can do a better job preparing That's right. and getting them ready to exit. And the coaches can, they can get their players and say, look, we're not going to shake hands. We're, we're going straight out. That sort of thing. Um, it, you know, the, 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 the Wake Forest one was up, it was undecided until the very end. And so there wasn't a, a great deal of planning you could do for that. But still, there was no security able to stop anybody uh, in that instance. And that, I mean, the sheer math of it would seem to indicate that, you know, unless you are literally ringing the court with people who have... used to happen. Yeah, right. And and people who have been given the license to beat the pulp out of anybody that comes in out of the stands, then you're you're probably not going to stop them. So the, the Filipowski thing... To me, and we all hope he's not injured seriously at all, but if he had an injury that would prevent him from playing in the NBA, that is a hundreds of millions of dollar lawsuit against Wake Forest University that you're going to win because of the lack of institutional control, don't you think? Yes, I do. Absolutely. That's the, I think that's the kind of fire that people are playing with here. And, yes. you know, people are like, oh, this rarely happens. Well, the one time it does and it goes wrong, like if Caitlin Clark had been in a full head-on collision and concussed yeah. and missed a week or two weeks or who knows, oh, boy, what the fallout from that. If, if Filipowski had blown out that knee and his draft stock had dropped, holy cow. I mean, wow. that's the, the, the downside of this is 
it can be really bad, really bad. And and you you're uh, in, to my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, but I think you're right. I think the yeah. the the injured player would have all uh, the right to to win a suit like that. Oh, abs- uh, absolutely. Um, how about the Wake AD with this incredibly weak statement afterwards, where he doesn't even mention Filipowski's by name. He calls him the Duke student athlete, and essentially the tone of it is the Duke just shove it. You know, it's just it was a terrible, terrible public utterance by by the Wake AD. Am I wrong on this? I don't think so. Well, I, I like I was I didn't understand not mentioning him by name. Yeah. Like everybody knew who it was, and that might show there's a little bit of personal care there. Um, you know, I think <laughs> the the ACC in general has just been very slow to react to this, right? I mean, they they I mean they're the only a conference that doesn't have a fine structure because the because the members haven't wanted it they've resisted it i mean you know the sec looked at really serious uh repercussions last year and voted basically against it they they went half-hearted but they they were there were some ad's that wanted a forfeit for the team that let their fans storm or you forfeit a home game the next year when you play that same team, you don't you don't get to have it at home. Or the next time you're supposed to play them at home, it becomes their team's home game. They just they discuss those, and then they opted just to find the heck out of people. But that conference is made of money, and the fans aren't paying it. They're not paying the fines, so they don't care. Wilbon um, took off. Wilbon took off on the NCAA yesterday and said they were gutless and went on and on about how the NCAA stinks. And my feeling was, I didn't even bother to interrupt them. There's no point in that. But, but my feeling is, it, it is the schools and the conferences. The NCAA is, is not your target here. It's the individual schools and the conferences, unless you disagree with that. No, that, and that's the case with 99% of the problems in college sports. People say, oh, the NCAA. Well, who? Uh, who is it? Who are you talking about? Well, the schools that vote to make the rules for the NCAA? Yeah, them. And in this case, yeah, the conferences that make the rules yeah. here, yeah, 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 yeah. the conferences don't want a national policy put on them. They want to make their own decisions, and they've decided they're okay with court storms. You know, that's what they have decided. They're like, yeah, we're going to pretend we care, but we really don't. We like the visual, and frankly, in the media, they like the visual. We, I should say, we, not they. And so, you know, people don't do anything about it. But no, this is this. You, you can blame the NCAA, quote unquote, for a lot of things, but not, not this. for this. One. Not this. Well, Wilbon just loves to do that, loves to <laughs> analogize it. They're Barney Fife. They have one bullet. They don't. You know, all right. Enough. Plug your podcast for us. <laughs> uh, College Football Inquirer, Yahoo Sports with Ross Dellinger and Dan Wetzel. We're recording twice a week now in the offseason. Check it out. It's wonderful that you come on the show so much. You ought to charge us money. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. It's Pat my Forty, boys and girls. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. He's got your emails and your notes. He'll read them for all you folks. Cause it's the mailbag. Yeah, it's the mailbag. If you drive a car, no Thank you, Sean. Um, have you gotten your recording contract yet? <laughs> Not yet, no. I uh, should get one based on that, based on Taxman by the Beatles. That's a George Harrison song. That is a George Taxman. song, yes. That was great. 
Nigel, do you have the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, so put me on a highway, show me a sign, and take it to the limit one more time. You can spend all your time making money. You can spend all your time making love. If it all fell to pieces tomorrow, would you still be mine? Is that, are those the actual lyrics? I always thought it was you can spend all your love making time. I always thought that was one of the lyrics. But you've looked it up, right? I have looked these, it up. Are these Henley's lyrics or are they Fry's lyrics? I think I think this is Henley, but it could be Meisner. It could be Meisner's yeah. song completely. Anyway, and we, oftentimes they get the lyrics wrong even when they print them out. It's a fine song. Oh, it's a great song. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. Okay. Um... I'm going to start these emails. I'm going to cry at one. <laughs> I, I cry every time I read this. This is a one in a million story. It's not the first one. It's the second one. The first one is Nick Milkey in Montgomery, Alabama, okay, who was on Chuck and Roxy number 161 and says, eat it, Dan Kildare. <laughs> okay. In the late September or early October, you read an email from Barry Grace in Montgomery, Alabama, the same Barry Grace who sent the email about having the same name as a male stripper after your stripper story. In his newest email, Barry lamented showing up at the Montgomery Summer of Littles gathering this past fall, only to find out he was the only person there. Notably missing was the host, me. I'd come down with COVID the day before. I was unable to attend. Really? That's weak. After hearing Barry's email, I succumbed to the mounting guilt and sent an apology email to Barry via your silly mailbag. You read that email on Monday, October 9th. I know you read that email on Monday, October 9th, because about mid-morning of that day, I received a message on Twitter from Chuck of Chuck and Roxy asking, was I the guy in Montgomery, Alabama? And if so, would I like to meet up that afternoon? See, Chuck just so happened to be traveling for work and was spending the night in Montgomery that day. Chuck said he knew there were some littles in Montgomery, but couldn't remember who. If you hadn't happened to read my email that particular day, he would have missed it completely and not known who to reach out to. I agreed to pick Chuck up from his hotel, which was, by the way, less than half a mile from my office after work, and head to my favorite local happy hour spot, Moe's Barbecue, original site of the scheduled summer of Little's Gathering. When I picked Chuck up and got in his car, the first thing he said to me was, I bet when you woke up this morning, you didn't think this would be how your day would go. <laughs> With a little bit of a heads up, I was also able to gather Barry Grace, yes, that Barry Grace, and Brian Miller, also Montgomery Little. We had a great time hanging out, having drinks, toasting and telling stories of our favorite old bald orange guy. It really is something, the connective tissue of the show of yours. Thanks for always being the cranky despot we aspire to be and giving us a canvas. I mean, it's not chicken, but whatever, to paint these fantastic <laughs> one-in-a-million stories on. Attached, you'll find a picture of Chuck, Brian, myself, and Barry. And that's lovely. It's very And that lovely. is, given what we do here, that is one in a million. It really is. This, <clears throat> this, from Brandon Goodman in Annapolis. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> I have waited and waited to send this email because I wasn't ready for one in a million to be finished, but I think it is time. My coworker David grew up in a small town in Ohio. His best friend, whose name I don't remember, graduated a year ahead of his high school sweetheart, but planned on proposing when she graduated. One day he called her and the phone number was disconnected. He went to her house and the driveway had no cars, and he looked inside and all of the furniture was gone. A few weeks later, a for sale sign was in the yard. This was in the mid to late 70s, before cell phones and social media. So there was no way to find it. Right. Fast forward a few decades, and this man had fallen in love, gotten married, had a few kids. He did what any family would do. He took his kids to the happiest place on earth. His family was in the, in that's Disney World. His family was in the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular in Disney World. His kids nominated him to be in the show, and he was selected. A young woman was assigned to get him dressed and tell him what he was supposed to do in the show. She had a name tag that said she was from Orlando, Florida. The young lady made small talk, asked him where he was from. He told her the name of the small town in Ohio, and she said, oh, my mom grew up there. I'm going to start to cry now. He asked her what her mom's name was, and it was the same first name as his high school sweetheart. He asked her what her mom's maiden name was. This was also a match. He then asked what her father's name was, and she told him the name, but said she had never met him because her father abruptly moved, her family, rather, abruptly moved to Florida before she was born. The first name was his. It's a tough one. He then asked, um, I know this is an odd question, but can you tell me how old you are? She looked confused, but she told him, and he realized that the time frame lines up with when his high school girlfriend vanished. He tells the young lady, God, I can't read this. I am not sure how to say this. I think I might be your father. 
<laughs> wow. That's the show must go on. They exchanged some information and phone numbers. Did the stunt show, even though he could barely think straight for the entire show. She called him later at his hotel crying. She said, I talked to my mom. You are my father. Wow. <laughs> they reconnected, formed a relationship. Mr. Tony, this is how you end the game. Please tell Joe Shahadi to eat it. That's... I have read this out loud five times thinking I could get through it, and I could not get That's through it. That's just astonishing. It's the most one-in-a-million story. And that retires the game. The game's over. Yes. The, the game, game is, is over. over but just a, what a miraculous ending to that. That's game just is over. Wonderful. From our friend Brandon Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey, Justin Verlander needs just 244 wins to break Cy Young's window. You're going back to this because I did this with Gretzky. You're going back to this. Just 12 seasons of winning 20 games a year should just about cover it. Of course, he's only won 20 twice. He'll need to pitch until he's 52, but he could do it. Or maybe Greg Maddox could be coaxed out of retirement. He's just 157 away. He's only won 20 twice, but he had 19 wins five times. If he would just apply himself a little bit more, he can break the record in eight years. He'll be 65, perfect retirement age as he passes Cy Young. Who's kidding who? The big train himself is buried right here in Rockville. With the right conditioning, he could break the record in just four years, winning 25, 25, 25, and 20. Sure, he's dead, but today's hitters are free swingers, Trained. and he likely won't have to defend against the dead art of bunting, so he's got that going for him. Okay, I, I was stupid, all right? I was stupid. Isn't there someone in your life who actually said the phrase, so I said to train? I said to train, surely. I said train. The, uh, Michael Granberry. Wow, Michael Granberry, great concert on Tuesday night when Dan Byrne came to Fort Worth during his tour of Texas. He performed with a full band who were really great, but during his set, he went solo on a few songs, including several from the Kornheiser catalog. He sang about Vin Scully and Shohei Itani. Big laughs on that one, but he brought the Cowtown house down by singing the ballad of Eric Nadell with the voice of the Texas Rangers in attendance. Wow. Just before he heads to Arizona for spring training. Eric loved it. After the show, I got to meet Dan in person for the first time, of course. We both had nice things to say about the one and only Tony Kornheiser show. It was truly a great lechisery moment. All the best, Michael Granberry. And he sent a picture. Isn't that nice? That is nice. Isn't that nice? Um, Tyler Etchenkamp, Lincoln, Nebraska. In the span of 43 days, the state of Nebraska has hosted and upset three separate teams ranked in the top two in basketball at the time of the game. January 9th, Nebraska beat number one Purdue, the men. February 11th, Nebraska women beat number two Iowa. February 20th, Creighton men beat number one UConn. I need you to call up Reality and have him do some research, if that's ever happened before, that a state has hosted that many upsets in so little time. What's even crazier is I had tickets to all three games. I missed the Purdue game due to weather, but I emailed last week about the line to the Iowa women's game that I went to, and I also went to the Creighton game. I've contributed to their success with my commerce. You could even say, for Nebraska, the answer to all your questions is my money. You're welcome. Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's nice. From Dan Kilday in Austin, Texas. As someone who lives in South Austin, I can tell you that North and South Austin are divided by much more than just Lady Bird Lake. They're also divided by historical, cultural, and lifestyle differences. North Austin has an urban vibe, while South Austin is known more for an artsy atmosphere. Former State Representative Charlie Gandy was once quoted as saying, North Austin considers the South the auto parts capital of the world, while South Austin thinks of the North as a bunch of wine-sipping, quiche-eating panty waste. In 1987, the hostilities boiled over when the Bubbas of South Austin faced off against the yuppies from North Austin in a gigantic tug of war. The rules were simple. Whenever 140 people on one side are pulled into the river, they lose. Seems yeah, fair. Right. They lose. The South won easily due to the likelihood of all the Northerners being filled with quiche. Over the years, the event has faded into a distant memory, and the city has grown and changed dramatically, but it won't stop me from saying, eat it, North Austin yuppies. Um, Kevin Disher writes, had a David Aldridge moment at the end of Tuesday's pod when you read an email by one Mick McCabe from Allen Park, Michigan, who suggested Chicago Bears select Taylor Swift as the number one draft pick this year. Upon hearing this, I said, wait a minute, I know that guy. I've been reading the Detroit Free Press for 50 years, and Mick McCabe has been a sports writer for that paper for all of them. Next time you talk to your good buddy Mitch Albom, ask him about Mick, who is in the Michigan Journalism Hall of Fame and is the voice of high school sports across our state. Isn't that nice? That is nice. From John Baccarella, hello, Auckland, New Zealand. Ooh, pen him. Who, who writes, no Chuck and Roxy episode to report yet. <laughs> the woman to whom I'm related by marriage and I recently tested positive again for COVID. And we weren't feeling too hot. We took the regular medicines and rested, but when our daughter wanted lunch on the way home from school the other day and asked for fast food, I told her we needed it too. We don't need this hocus-pocus junk too often, 
But I recalled a previous episode where you, an actual doctor, talked about good <laughs> grief and how sometimes it's needed. It's healthy and it helps. Yeah. She asked why I was so adamant about it, and I told her that Dr. Tony said it was good for us. She responded with, oh, no, really? That guy? <laughs> I can confirm that although it didn't cure us on the spot, it did taste pretty good in the oh, moment. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way. Um, it's a Big Mac. Get you healthy. Yeah, Tamara Graham and, and her husband Tony got COVID. Oh. But they got uh, they took Paxlovid. Paxlovid, and they're ready, okay. Yeah, better right away. So oh, that's, that's good. good. From Carl in Oswego, New York. So ice hockey and NASCAR. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> okay, then let me suggest the NCAA rifle championships, hmm. which is coming to my alma mater of West Virginia University on March eighth and 9th. Maybe you want to cover that next. The top five teams right now. You, nobody gets it. There's no <laughs> chance anybody gets these. West Virginia, TCU, Kentucky. Oh sure. Alaska Fairbanks. Alaska, did you have them? They were a, they were preseason top five. So and yes. Air Force. Now Air Force. Air Force. You expect. In other words, Air Force, Army, and Navy to me makes sense. Yes. Because they have rifles. And, and by the way, can, can I circle back to that brilliant one in a million email? I just oh. want to say this. If the people from Hallmark are listening, this is what you make a movie about. Yes. Okay? Call them up. Disney World. Yes. You got gazebos in exactly. Disney World. Sure. This is tailor-made for that. From Jake Patel. can't afford Patel. those rights. No. <laughs> Jake Patel from Brisbane, Australia. I've loved the podcast and PTI for many years with the time difference to Brisbane being 15 hours ahead of D.C. I commute to work in the mornings with a fresh TK podcast episode, which makes my day. Shout out to Wilbon, as I'm a long-suffering, diehard Bears fan. In Australia. Hmm. My father lived in Chicago and has very fond memories of his time there, but he also lived in Toronto, and I keep reminding him that Wilbon once described Toronto as a Midwestern city. <laughs> You've mentioned a lot recently of your sadness that the NFL, NFL season has finished, but for us folks here in Australia, our rugby season is about to kick off in Las Vegas. Yes, you heard right, Las Vegas. On Saturday, March 2nd, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, our National Rugby League season will kick off with two games being played. The Manly Sea Eagles versus South Sydney Rabbitohs, and Brisbane Broncos versus Sydney Roosters. Ooh, Both games will be televised live in the U.S. on Fox Sports 1, so please tune in as the game will start at 6.30 Las Vegas time. A couple of fun facts. The Brisbane Broncos lost in the grand final last year, 26-24, in an almighty gag job, where they led at one point 24-8 before being run down akin to the Falcons choking in the Super Bowl. And another fun fact, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are one-third owned by the gladiator himself, Mr. Russell Crowe. Lastly, our NRL, NRL season, National Rugby League, goes for 26 weeks, including playoffs. So stop whining about NFL players needing to play 17 games. Come on, man. I'd like to be the official Tony Kornheiser NRL mascot, where I can also provide my, th my three bets for NRL games each week, just like Reginald the Monkey. I followed in Chuck Todd's tips all NFL season to great monetary oh, value. Oh, you did very well financially. Yeah. Let's do this. From Jeremy in Bangkok. We are loaded <laughs> Going global. with international people today. <laughs> Dear Dr. Hofloff, as I tuned into Wednesday's show, you mentioned Mark Feinstein was going to be on to talk baseball. However, I was somewhat disappointed that your conversation didn't lead with the biggest MLB news of the day, that Dominic Smith had signed a minor league contract <laughs> with the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I was anxiously awaiting some deep, meaningful discussion about the following media quotes regarding his recent signing. Quote, he has been a below-average hitter in each of the last three seasons. Quote, didn't make a huge impact. Quote, didn't provide the kind of power expected of a first baseman. And my personal favorite, quote, he had 12 homers and was tied for the lowest slugging mark among primary first basemen, minimum 400 plate appearances, which is all I have been saying all yes. year about him. Yes. With those stats, he definitely wasn't the worst hitting first baseman league. Oh, wait. Yes, he was the worst. That's it. That's the list. And now he's Wilbon's problem. <laughs> Thanks for all you and the crew do. And tell Brian Connors in Lima, Peru to eat it. Jeremy in Bangkok. Jeremy in Bangkok. Bangkok. If you're on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Can I raise a practical question at this point? No, we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to you, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. <laughs> Distant shore. It's true what they say. 
when love goes away The heart feels so shallow The light deserts the day If it was up to me I'd write you a song We'd be together Right where we belong Save our best words for the night And stay together till the day's first light One day in spring heard a songbird's call We walked together through the wood without a care at all And as the sun began to set and day to fade away You turned to me and all you had to say Was when I'm with you and the stars come out I can't help thinking what my life is all about People say When love comes to stay The heart feels so easy The light surrounds the day And if you say to me Will you write me a song While we're together No way it can be wrong I'll sing it to you in the night And stay with you until the morning light Day four.